0: Welcome to the Talking the Line podcast presented to you by Talking the Line Sports Media Good afternoon, good evening, ladies and gentlemen, degenerates, gamblers, fans of the NFL Shield, Cincinnati Bengals fans, anyone in between I may have left out outside of that far and wide. Welcome in to episode number 96 of the in the Line podcast and as always, hey, 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 hey. Thank you so much for taking a few moments out of your day to come and kick it with the crew on this beautiful August 5th, 2021. Soon, it will return to business as usual, and I will get to say this beautiful day of bets to you. But before it does, we have plenty of NFL special editions to bring to you, and most importantly, today's, the Cincinnati Bengals. But before we talk about that NFL team, please, take a few moments to smash that subscribe button on whatever platform you are currently ingesting the Talking The Line podcast on. If you are watching on YouTube, hey, take an extra second, hit that notification bell, whatever side of the screen it's on there. That way you never miss the start of a live show or any other TTL content dropping as there may be some new content on the way. But If you are listening to the audio recorded version on your favorite podcast directory, make sure you hit that subscribe button there as well so you never miss the drop of any audio as we do release it after every live show is over. Next item up on the docket, as always, if you could be so kind and you got a quick extra second, hit that like button, leave us a comment, leave us a rating, jump in the live chat. If you are watching the live YouTube show, we cannot tell you how much we appreciate it when you do and it only helps us make talking the line sports media bigger and better for each and every one of you last but not least head on over to this episode's description where you will find the talk in the line link tree within that link tree you can locate all of the ttl crew's social platforms additional content and the talk website so you can consume all of that however and whenever you please Ladies and gentlemen, beautiful gambling people, once again, Bengals fans, fans of the NFL Shield, and anyone I might have left out, thank you so much for joining me and my partner on episode 96 of the TTL Pod once again. I am your humble host, Colton, Colt 45, Sroka, and that aforementioned partner is about to join us for today's show. Now... He's as excited as I am about uh, talking about these here Cincinnati Bengals today. We're big fans of Joe Burrow. We got plenty of opinions, plenty of thoughts, plenty to banter about back and forth, and also give you some key analysis, key trends, betting preview, everything in between, but we'll talk about all of that here in just a second. Let me bring in the man, the myth, the degenerate gambling legend himself, Mr. Riley, Armax, Magnuson.
1: Partner. How you doing over there today, pal? (laughs) My man, I'm doing pretty damn solid. Uh, As you mentioned, I'm pretty excited to talk about this Cincinnati Bengals team, despite the record that they've put out the last couple of years. You know, as you mentioned, uh, we are big fans of Joe Burrow. I think he's going to put up a solid season this year. We will see as far as the rest of the roster, but nonetheless, I'm pretty excited to get diving deep into this team from honestly all four of our angles that we go into right here. 150%. Hey, uh, good tasting coffee over here on this side of
0: the table this morning. Cheers to you if uh, you got your Joe in hand this morning as well. Quick extra sip. I mean, that was a
1: sip of Joe. I mean, maybe it's 5 o'clock somewhere. If you're uh, you're enjoying the opposite end of the spectrum, cheers to you as well. Little do you know, I'm going to be falling out of this chair in a little (laughs) while
0: because it's got a couple of shots of Baileys in it. But nonetheless, we have a show coming at you. We're not drunk. No, we are not drunk. And (laughs) I uh, don't plan on doing the show drunk unless something crazy were to happen. But that's not here or there. What's here and now are the Cincinnati Bengals and today's NFL special edition on them. So, Cincinnati Bengals, what to expect today? If you've been to the NFL special editions before, you're a frequent flyer, if you will. Hey, you know what's coming. You know what's uh, right around the corner. You know what's on tap here today. But if you haven't, quick recap, not recap, really, if you will, summary of what is to come here today on episode 96 going to talk about the offensive and defensive lineups give you a 2020 a uh, little bit of a recap there that's the correct use of the word recap and then a 2021 outlook we'll also look at the coaching staff for the Cincinnati Bengals then we'll dive deep into their 2021 schedule we'll also segue from there into a full betting preview we'll talk weekly lines weekly game totals season win total everything you need to cash some tickets on the Cincinnati Bengals this season then of course you know we're fantasy nerds at heart so we're gonna bring you our best fantasy advice for the Cincinnati Bengals goodness gracious I do believe that uh, they have quite a good amount of value when it comes to uh, fantasy wise a couple of key positions though that we'll uh, have to talk about but across the board Very solid fantasy value. So if you're looking for some of that, make sure you stick around for the very end of the NFL Special Edition today for the Start, Stash, or Pass segment, the TTL Crews Fantasy Advice segment. After we wrap up all of the Cincinnati Bengals talk, then, hey, you guys give us your time. You give us your support, your following. You take your hard-earned time and spend it with us. We can't thank you enough So I always got to pay it forward, pay it back to you guys, and doing so with my motivation minutes, give you a little extra inspiration, motivation, get you about your day. Today, going to be talking, uh, giving you a little message on not rushing so much in your life, slowing things down a little bit. So If you need that message, maybe I struck a chord with you already, make sure you stick around for the very end of today's show. Colts, motivation minutes will be coming to you live, but for now, ladies and gentlemen, Partner, anything I missed, anything I didn't discuss, anything you got to get off your chest here, 10.07 a.m. Central Standard Time, before we dive into the Cincinnati Bengals.
1: I think we're all set. Time to dive in, my man.
0: All right, my friend. Well, let's get things rocking and rolling here. No wasted time on this side of the table either. So first things first, let's get into the Cincinnati Bengals team breakdown. Now, as always, we will be starting with the offensive side of the ball and starting with some of the key losses and the key additions offensively as well for the Bengals. So kicking things off, I will uh, take the ball, if you will. Go ahead. Uh, Full pun intended there
1: with some of the key losses Would have been better if it was unintended yeah yeah it was totally intended uh
0: either way key losses coming on the offensive side of the ball here for cincinnati this season now quite a few guys some that are going to matter more some that really aren't going to matter as much i'm going to tell you about them all anyhow now at the wide receiver position they had three key losses they lost aj green john ross and alex erickson erickson not the hugest Hugest largest loss that they had overall, uh, but still a little bit of a depth need there that they uh, sent packing. John Ross obviously didn't produce as much as he had on his fierce, fierce, first few seasons in the league. However, I do think um, we see a little bit of a backfill for him as well. And then AJ Green they said, hit the bricks, get on out of here, go on to Arizona. And I think that was okay for them to do because as we'll talk about a little later, he was not producing at the AJ Green numbers that we were used to seeing and believe that we would see uh, as he came back healthy finally in the 2020 season. They did lose running back Giovanni Bernard, but not to worry. We'll talk about that running back room, and does now look like Mr. Joe Mixon is going to be taking that bad boy over. But we'll talk about that here in just a minute as well. And then took took a few shots uh, at the offensive line, let a couple guys walk. Alec Redmond, uh, right guard, B.J. Finney, center, and Bobby Hart, right tackle, and then uh, just a few other key players. Seaton Carter, they let walk at tight end. Ryan Finley, backup quarterback, and then hey. Kickers are humans too. They let Randy Bullock hit free agency and uh, they did pick up a kicker in the draft, which uh, I don't know if the Bengals are looming a lot on this kicker here, but it seems like if you're going to draft a kicker, he better produce very early. So partner, why don't you indulge us all on some of the offensive additions, both via trade agency and or trade trade agency trade eh? agency yeah free agency <laughs> the trade market and via the draft going into the uh, 2021 season here for the
1: Bengals. Uh, so a lot more trimming the fat on your end of things they did fill a few holes but uh you know relying on a lot of the previous depth that they had overall biggest free agent Acquisition uh, And the really only notable one on the offensive side of the ball is Riley Reef, going to be at the offensive tackle position. That is a massive addition for a, an offensive line that is very, very, very underperformed over the last couple of years. And then obviously Jamar Chase out of LSU in the first round. Number five overall pick getting paired back up with Joe Burrow. I am so excited to talk about him and get into his season this year. And then, as far as the rest of the draft, they got some offensive line depth. Jackson Carmen out of the second round out of Clemson. Deontay Smith, Oak Tackle in the fourth round, Trey Hill center out of Georgia in the sixth round, and Chris Evans running back out of Michigan in the sixth. So those two uh top two additions there, obviously Jamar Chase and then Jackson Carmen could be important. But that Riley Reef addition, uh, is something had to be done, and obviously they did do it. So I'm excited to see what Riley Reef brings to this team. They paid uh, you know, not over the top dollars for him, but a nice, pretty seven point five million average for him. So they are definitely relying on him to be an anchor for that offensive line.
0: Yep. And old Joey Burrow going to need him as we will talk yep. about on its backside on the left side of that offensive line. But before we get into the offensive line and all of the offensive side of the ball, a couple key 2020 stats I'll let you guys know about as I always do in regards to the Cincinnati Bengals as far as yards per play goes they averaged uh 4.9 yards last season they rushed the ball on 39.52 percent of their plays and passed the ball on 60.48 percent of their plays uh completion percentage across the board for quarterbacks for the Bengals was at 64.03 percent third down conversion percentage was at 36.15 percent so we're definitely going to want to see that uptick here this season if the Bengals are going to have any type of success we'll definitely talk about that too and then they got to up. Tick that red zone scoring only at 50%. We will also touch on that heavily as well as it will be one of the key factors to the Bengals' success here as well in 2021. Outside of that, those are some of the key uh, stats. Let's get right on into the uh, offensive side of the ball here. Outlook into 2021. As far as things go here, partner, uh, as you kind of uh, alluded to, this offensive line uh, does look decent going into uh, 2021. They don't look uh, like they're gonna blow the doors off anybody by any means but kind of quick glance quick looking uh any names jumping off the page for you i know you're a big fan of riley reef there uh obviously maybe fan of the riley's who knows of course but uh either way anybody jumping off the page there at you and overall kind of what's your thoughts on this offensive line going into 2021?
1: Yeah I mean assuming the entire offense uh, all positions stay healthy the story for this offense is going to be the offensive line whether they if they're extremely improved then this offense might be really fucking good if not it could be some growing pains and it could be some issues for everyone and might make a lot of these guys that ooze talent might make them look uh, pretty pedestrian so you know Jackson Carmen going to be on the right side as well it looks like Riley Reef might be on the right side of the line here, still undecided, uh, at least from what I'm seeing here. But they're going to have to see some improvements from it because it was their glaring hole on both sides of the, of the ball. You know, their defense wasn't fantastic, but their offensive line was clearly the weak spot of that team. So if we see that again, then, uh, you know, we could be seeing more of the same from the Bengals this year.
0: Yeah, and I hope that's not the case for right. Joe Burrow's sake. They got to keep him protected. They got to keep him healthy. And one of the key things was not only that the rushing attack wasn't able to be there post-Joe Mixon and his injury, then Joe Burrow had to take a lot of that workload on, couldn't really get any deep dropbacks. The deep dropbacks also were a glaring hole for this offense and uh, keeping Joe Burrow protected. So rushing game and passing game took serious hits because of this offensive line. So, yeah, partner, it is going to need to – Definitely be fixed, but the jury's still out. We don't know. We won't know until week one here when uh, the Bengals go in or uh, actually play in Cincinnati against the Vikings. But we'll talk about the all uh, the whole schedule here shortly. Now, as far as the most important position on the field, right. my friend, uh, we talked about him enough now. Let's uh, mention him. Joe Burrow. Obviously had the rough ACL-MCL tears last season, missed uh, the second half of the season, most of the second half of the season, and, um, you know, I'm really looking forward to him in his sophomore year, seeing what he comes back and does. You know, we'll talk about his fantasy value somewhere, we might be targeting him, but I think that he produces here for the Bengals. I mean, he has to, he has to produce also for Zach Taylor's sake, which we'll also talk about, but... Man, oh, man, I think that uh, Joe Burrow has a great sophomore season, and uh, I think we see him get protected, and I think we see him slide a lot more and uh, protect himself, if you will.
1: Yeah, 100%, man. And, uh, you know, his success might, again, fall on this offensive line because the talent in this receiver room is off the charts, and obviously you get him paired up with uh, Jamar Chase once again. That's unbelievably, uh, you know— high ceiling for these two guys here but uh yeah as far as the offensive line goes they have to protect joe burrow for his health sake for this offensive sake because one way or another joe burrow is going to help this team it's just a matter of can he excel this team into being an actually pretty solid team or is he going to have to put his team on the back be scrambling all over the backfield like you mentioned hasn't wasn't able to do too many deep drops is he be able to do any of that action this year so as far as Joe Burrow, he's not much of a question mark to me. It's really going to be a question of what is it what it is, what is it exactly that he is going to have to do a superhero Joe Burrow where, you know, he's keeping them in games or is he going to be, you know, free and loose and actually going to be able to win them some games this year? I'm uh, very high on Joe Burrow. I just don't know as far as what we're going to be able to see.
0: I'm very high on Joe Burrow and I would actually lean more towards him not having to be a superhero and having uh, to kind of play a little more free a little more open and that's because of some of these weapons and mainly this wide receiver room now you mentioned him jamar chase mm-hmm. you also have t higgins mm-hmm. teammates teaming back up again and then you also have um tyler, uh, boyd. tyler boyd yep i was getting there i uh, <laughs> just had to f- fumble through a yeah. few file folders right there for a second uh tyler boyd honestly this is my most underrated, under-the-radar wide receiver room in the entire NFL, right. mainly just because they're the Bengals. That's that's the only sure. reason they don't get the respect. I think Jamar Chase comes bursting out of the gates in his uh, freshman year here. And then uh, I think T. Higgins has a great sophomore season. He was very solid. And also, Tyler Boyd is very dominant as well. They also have all plenty of fantasy value, so we'll tell you about that too in the last segment. But Last but certainly not least, I think every single one of these guys has plenty of opportunity to eat. I don't think that Jamar Chase coming in and being that all-star big name, relinking up with Burrow, I don't think that's going to take away anything from Higgins and Boyd. I think all of these guys are going to be able to produce, and I think it's going to be sneakily- one of the best receiving cores in the NFL this season.
1: Yeah, I'm for the most part. I'm right there with you. I this is one of my favorite. As far as a talent perspective, it's one of my favorite yeah, rooms, yeah. no question about it. Uh, as far as Tyler Boyd, I agree with you there too. I I think his uh, overall statistics might you know stay the same or drop a little bit with Jamar Chase. That doesn't mean I don't think he's going to be really good and be a really strong factor for him. You also have Auden Tate coming in as the number four receiver, who actually stepped up last year and had some solid production. Uh, but overall, yeah, I am a huge fan of this room. We haven't talked much about T. Higgins. You obviously mentioned him, but I am a big fan of T. Higgins. I think I think at least one of these guys, if not a couple of these guys, goes over a thousand yards this year.
0: I would almost be willing to put my money on all three right. of them going over a thousand yards. Okay. So, wow. uh, yeah, they are they're they're just in my mind some of the top ones in the league right now, and they're young, they're fast, they're quick, and uh, if Joe Burrow has the season that we're both expecting, and that once again we'll talk about, it, man. I think this is uh, going to be a great, great uh, trio of receivers that you need to uh, be back in week in and week out. Mm-hmm. But, Nonetheless, couple uh, the last position actually here on the offensive side of the ball, running backs, said it briefly uh, just a little while ago, but Joe Mixon now looking like RB1 and not really looking like it is solidified. Uh, if he wouldn't have got injured last year, he's that workhorse three down back. You know They're going to have to keep him a little bit more protected. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we saw that. He hit the IL, had to spend the entire back half of the season out. So hopefully they don't have that issue. They did bring in Samjay Pirine. You know, he hasn't ever been a huge explosive right home about back, but I think he will give a little bit of relief for Joe Mixon. Outside of that, no huge names to write home about. Partner, is there anything that uh, you can really say about the the backfield here in Cincinnati? Is there really is there really anything outside of Joe Mixon that we should kind of be looking at guys we should kind of be targeting
1: hearing anything of maybe fantasy wise uh, anything at all uh you know no I I do like Joe Mixon And, and once again this offensive line it's not like they had a lot of strengths the last couple of years they weren't very good pass blocking they weren't very good run blocking so one way or another one way or another they have to improve and you know despite all of that I still think Joe Mixon has a really solid year uh, you know, for his sake and for the team's sake, hopefully they aren't trailing in all of these games. Once again, like they have been the last couple of years to where in the second half of all these games, they have to throw, throw, throw to try and get back into these, these games. Cause that kind of, as far as Joe Mixon's overall surface numbers, he kind of took a hit as far as his teams not being in the game and, you know, throwing away the running game because he's really good, man. He's a top 10 running back at the least, if not higher than that. And so hopefully he can stay healthy this year. Cause he's a, uh, you know, he's one of the bigger, higher impact running backs in the league.
0: Yeah. And I'm a huge fan of him. We will break down that whole running yep. back room, the entire wide receiver room, quarterbacks, everything on the fantasy uh, segment here, start stash or pass. I said it at the top of the show. I think this offense has ridiculous fantasy value and I think it's way, way under the radar. I've had Tyler Boyd on my fantasy team for the last three seasons and I haven't been disappointed about it. Right. I'll tell you that much. So let's keep it moving. Keep it grooving here today and flip the script to the defensive side of the ball. We'll talk about all that other stuff, but actually before we do go to the defensive side of the ball, I wanted to mention some of the key rankings uh, per sharp football analysis on the offense Ah, here. Yeah. yeah. Uh, They got the quarterback room ranked at 16, obviously kind of middle of the pack. I like that ranking for Joe Burrow. You know, obviously coming off the injury, I think that middle of the pack ranking is just because of so many question marks with how many times you said it, partner, the offensive line. That offensive line is coming in as the 29th ranked unit in the right. NFL. So I don't think that they're gonna have uh, all too much success. The running backs, not bad. We'll have to see if they can keep Joe Mixon healthy and if any of those other guys can provide some depth and some rest for him. Seventeen ranked, uh seventeenth ranked backfield in the NFL and then as far as the receivers go a little bit better the middle of the packed uh, 11th ranked unit right now however I think that they have potential to maybe definitely crack into the top 10 maybe w- even within the top five I'm you with know? you on that one too. I, I think they have the potential I just think with the rookie question mark and then always a question mark of a sophomore slump potentially from T Higgins sure. I don't think we see I it don't think so. but I think that's why you get that ranking so that's the rankings on the offensive side of the ball Let's move to the defense here, my friend. So a couple of question marks here on this side of the ball as well. They let some guys walk. They were able to add through free agency, trade, draft, plenty of guys to fill those holes. I think this will be a pretty doggone good defense this year, but uh, it's still kind of, as I always say, the jury's still out. We don't really know what it's going to be. But partner, kick things off over there, my friend. What are some of the key defensive losses for the Bengals here going into 2021, my man?
1: All so they did lose a handful of some depth losses here. A couple of the bigger names, they lost Carl Lawson off the edge. He played all 16 games last year. That is without a doubt their biggest loss here. Uh, William Jackson the third defensive back, played 14 games. That's another tough loss for them. Uh, Christian Covington also played 16 games in the interior defensive line. And then Mackenzie Alexander-Corner played 13 games. Sean Williams played 13 games at the safety position. Gino Atkins or excuse me, Gino Atkins actually played eight games, but he was not good at all last year. Uh, it was time for him to move on. Josh Bynes played sixteen games at linebacker, and Lashawn Sims played thirteen games at corner. So you know they trimmed a little bit of a uh, trimmed a little bit of some fat here. Had some guys that they probably wish they could have kept around, but uh, as you're about to mention, they did bring in some nice uh, pieces to fill these holes
0: they sure did and as far as via free agency or the trade market they brought in trey hendrickson off the edge uh very very great talent coming out of hendrickson i think that he is going to more than fill the hole that they lost there um in uh remind me the first name you said i'm blanking oh uh
1: carl lawson carl lawson Yeah, yeah,
0: Yeah, uh more than fill that hole then they also brought in larry ogunjobi on the inside uh, defensive interior, defensive line. He can kind of rotate everywhere, but I think that that is going to be great because he is one of those guys who, uh, if I'm not mistaken, plays from the three point and the two point stance mm-hmm. a lot. So we can kind of keep that defense off balance as to what he's going to do. They also added Shadobi Awuzier. Always been a huge fan of Awuzie, one of the top D backs in the uh, NFL. So I think that's a great ad for them. Mike Hilton, defensive back. Not the greatest ad in the world. Nothing to write home about there. And then Ricardo Allen, safety. Perennial, uh, great player. Uh, I wouldn't say middle of the pack, a little bit better than middle of the pack, but uh, that's kind of where he finds himself season over season in the NFL. And then as far as the draft, they made some decent moves on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, They brought in Joseph Asai out of Texas, defensive end. Cam Sample, defensive end out of Tulane. Wyatt Hubert, defensive end out of Kansas State. And Tyler Shelvin, defensive tackle out of LSU. So some big boys, big names Mm -hmm. uh, to hopefully... Get right in the rotation quick and fill some of those holes. Uh, Before we dive into that defensive line there, we'll start there as well. Some key 2020 defensive stats for you guys to know about as well. The Cincinnati Bengals defense allowed 6.1 yards per play to opponent offenses. They allowed opponents to complete passes at a 62.85 percentage rate their opponent third down conver- conversion percentage was at 43.33 and they allowed their opponents to score in the red zone 63.79% of the time. So, third down conversion not bad. You'd like to see it right around there. Anything sub 50 is never bad in the NFL, but that red zone's got to tighten up. Much right. like the offense needs to tighten up in the red zone uh here for the Bengals, so does the defense. But that all being said, Let's talk about that defense. Now, as far as the defensive line goes, uh, you have Hubbard Reeder, uh, Joby looks like he's going to be getting the start as well, and then Hendrickson. So Joby, Hendrickson coming right in and uh, getting the starts right off the jump. And then I love the depth that they have with the rookie additions. Some of those guys are big names and guys that I think that they can rotate in and out and will have early success in the league.
1: Yeah, I really like this. Uh, I, shouldn't, I do like this defensive line. I think a lot of the weight might be on their shoulders to produce and you know put some pressure on the obviously opposing offensive line but to kind of create that uh you know win those battles in the trenches because obviously that's not uh going out of limb to say that every team needs to do that but given the strengths of the rest of the defense a lot of it is going to f- fall on that defensive line because I love the addition of Hendrickson and uh Joby but uh you know Decent uh, decent acquisitions all around, especially the depth. So, you know, I'm, I'm not sure what we're going to expect, but uh, as far as the entire defense as a whole, this is probably the one that I can uh, have the most consistent expectations or most clear expectations for what we're going to get out of them.
0: I wouldn't necessarily lean on that side. As far as my opinion goes on this defense, the defensive line I think is going to be very solid, very dominant this season. I don't think that they're going to have to worry about being the superheroes that you kind of talked about with Joe Burrow there. I think that this secondary is going to surprise a lot of people. I think that addition of Awuzie is going to be top notch. You know, Hilton, I don't know a whole bunch about him, but I, I think that he's going to be, I think he's going to come in and be a solid addition as well. And then as far as Waynes, Waynes comes back in. I think he's going to be just fine. I think that's going to be a great dominant secondary. And then you got Von Bell coming back. Von Bell has always been a dominant safety. And then uh, they have you have Bates on his opposite side. So I think that's secondary is going to be dominant as well um right now they're actually ranked 18th per sharp football analysis in the nfl i think that's pretty doggone accurate and i think they have potential much like that the receiving core i said to bump down in there maybe get in the top 15 top 12 so i uh I, I think they have plenty of potential i think this defensive line has plenty of talent and plenty of depth now where my mind is the biggest question mark is these linebackers I'm not uh, I'm not all too certain what we're going to get from them production-wise this season. I don't know about you, partner, but it definitely sounds like the secondary is a little bit more of a question mark to you, but as far as these linebackers go, I, I have no clue in the world. I don't think we're going to see great seasons out of their uh, back of the front seven, if you will.
1: Right, right. That's you know more so what I was talking about as far as the defensive line having to shoulder a little bit more load. You are a little higher on the secondary than I am. Not saying that secondary is going to be bad by any means. I think they stick to a middle-of-the-pack type production but as you're mentioning that linebacking core might have some struggles in all facets of the game these two guys or two three guys that you're going to see starting the season may not be the guys that you see starting the season by the end of 2021 I think that's very likely actually so you know I like some of the additions that they made at the defensive back spot I think uh, for me this defense seems like a defense that In a couple of years here, maybe next year, two years, we're going to be seeing some, we're going to be really impressed with this defense. I think, uh, you know, there might be a little bit of uh, growing pain, so to speak, as far as the meshing of, of them all coming together at once. And then like we were kind of mentioning that linebacking core might be really, really bad. Um, and hopefully, you know, the rest of their team can kind of cover up those holes, but I am very concerned about these two linebackers here. I think you saying
0: meshing all together at once is about the best way anybody could put it. I think that there'll be days that the front seven are excellent. I think that there'll be days that the secondary is excellent. And much like you, I do think that that whole Putting it all together at once is not going to be the best. Uh, I did mention that the secondary ranks 18th in the NFL right now. The front seven, 29th ranked unit in the NFL, uh, bottom of the barrel there for this front seven. You know, uh, it is to me too, especially with our opinions on the defensive line, but obviously the linebackers hold way too many question marks. So there you go. There you have it. Quick pit stop before we get into the entire schedule for the Bengals going into 2021 here. Let's talk about the head coach, mm-hmm. Zach Taylor, coming in for year three here. And uh partner, by all accounts, everything you can read, anywhere you can go, Zach Taylor is one lucky man to be coming back for year three here.
1: He sure is. And uh, you know, his seat might be as hot as anybody in the entire NFL this year. If he comes out of the gates, uh, you know, looking cold, this team's having some struggles. We could be in for a uh, mid-season switch. I'm not calling for that necessarily, but uh, his seat is as hot, if not hotter, than anybody in the entire league. Uh, And you know, as far as the entire coaching staff as well, too. If that defense comes out struggling, uh, Lou and our on Arumo, who are about who you're about to mention, he could also be on the hot seat. Maybe Zach Taylor uses him as a scapegoat if the offense is playing well, but that defense is getting torched. I don't know, but uh, you know, I'm interested to see what we see from Zach Taylor. A report came out yesterday that I saw on Twitter that uh, I guess the offense hasn't been looking great in camp, but uh, apparently Taylor isn't blinking. He's looking, uh, staying calm. So. Not the best, uh, not the best words you want to hear as far as looking for a team to improve in a third <laughs> no, year no. under this coach. So no. you know, I'm I'm a little unsure what we expect here from Zach Taylor. But yeah, um, kind of question marks in my mind too.
0: Lou Anarumo, uh, great segue by you there, partner. Uh, you know, I don't know what we see from him. I think he could become a potential scapegoat as well, yeah. much like I talked about Sean Desai yesterday for the Bears. Coming in for his third season is Lou as well. I had to look a little bit up about him uh, because he was the defensive back coach for Purdue. And then he came into the league in 2012 for the dolphins, then went to the giants after being with the dolphins until 2017. And then he's been with the Bengals ever since. So, I'm not too certain. Obviously, this Bengals uh, defense hasn't produced at a super, super high level. They've been middle of the pack for the last two seasons here, Mm -hmm. so uh, I don't know. Hopefully, he can get some improvement out of them, but as uh, per sharp football analysis, one more time, uh, Zach Taylor is ranked at 28th overall in uh, the NFL as a head coach, so not great looking for him Um, with that ranking. I do believe his seat might have just got even hotter, my friend. Yeah, I think so, man. All right. Well, there you go. There you have it. The entire Cincinnati Bengals offensive breakdown, defensive breakdown and coaching staff. Now, let's keep this show steaming down the tracks, my friends. We are getting right with it here today. Let's get into the entire 2021 schedule for the Cincinnati Bengals. First things first here, uh, I will run through the entire schedule. I'll also, once we get through um, the entire schedule breakdown, I'll also go through the betting lines week by week and everything like that. So I'll quickly just mention uh, everybody here as far, or every team rather, as far as the weekly matchups go. So I mentioned it a little while in the show, a little while ago in the show, but uh, week one, they are in Cincinnati against the Vikings. Then they're on the road back to back in week two and three against the Bears and Steelers. Then they come back. Home for two weeks against the Jags and the Packers. Then they go on the road for three straight weeks against the Lions, the Ravens, and the Jets. Then their final game before their bye week in week 10. Week 9, they face the Brownies in Cincinnati. Then they uh, come back in week 11 go to las vegas to play the raiders they have three back-to-back-to-back home games in 12 13 and 14 first the stillers the chargers and the 49ers and then in week 15 16 17 and 18 they go away home home away against the broncos Home twice, which is nice, against the Baltimore Ravens and the Kansas City Chiefs. If you're going to play those boys, you want (laughs) to play them at home, if anywhere. And then close out the season in Cleveland in Week 18. Uh, You know, rough into the season there, Outlook, uh, just right off the bat, front half of the season doesn't look too bad. Doesn't look anything that they couldn't come out at the bare minimum by the bye maybe 500 or maybe one, two games under 500. Yep. I could definitely see that by the by, but... They get out of that bye and short of the Raiders, my friend. I mean, oh my goodness. They are going to get smacked in the mouth time and time again, offensively and defensively. So. Yeah,
1: I mean, for their sake, yeah, almost have to cross your fingers that Week 16, 17, and 18, the Ravens, Chiefs, and Browns have Ooh. their divisions all wrapped Ooh. up. That's kind of what you're hoping for if you're a Bengals fan. But because... the only
0: problem is is that the Ravens and the Browns are both in that division and
1: it could or, be. Sorry, or a playoff spot. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Or a playoff <laughs> it could be spot. all my bad. Types yeah, of- goofiness going on in that as far as 16 i don't have high hopes for that one but you know (laughs) 17 and 18 maybe the chiefs and browns got wrapped up yeah Yeah, thanks for correcting hey
0: absolutely (laughs) because i mean that that's going to be wild i mean it is going to be a roller coaster for that team from week 13 on I think that they only get one win out of that um, (sighs) against potentially the Broncos, but that game is in Denver. So I don't know. I'm telling you the end of this season is not good for the Bengals. Um, Some of the key things uh, to mention in addition to that, you guys should know about is the rest and prep inequality. Now we talked about it with the bears yesterday, One of the worst teams in the league. They got a a plus three differential in rest, plus three differential in opponent advantage. I mean, it's no good. However, for the Bengals... The schedule makers were saying, "Hey, we're going to be a little nicer to yeah. you this year. Yeah. We'll let you we'll give you some hard opponents, but we'll give you some more time to prepare. We'll give you a little bit more time to rest." So, they face 0 opponents that have over a week to prepare for them. They face 2 opponents that have less than a week to prepare for mm-hmm. them, so they get a plus 2 advantage. Uh the team The Bengals have no rest disadvantages all season long, and they have three rest advantages. So another plus three advantage there. They play no short week road games, and they play no road games off or no games off of a road Sunday night or Monday night football. So they look absolutely terrific from a timing standpoint. I know that Bengals fans, I'm sorry that the, the the opponents don't look good at all. And it might be a thrashing in the back half of the season. But one thing you can hold on hope to is that the schedule makers gave you a little, little bit of light and... Um, in a little bit lighter schedule, if you will, and giving you some more time to prepare and not putting you at so many disadvantages rest-wise.
1: Yeah, I think the bigger thing is that they don't have disadvantages. I mean, the one huge advantage is, though, at their bye week going into one of their, you know, have – better half of their, you know, as far as strength of opponents, the Raiders in week eleven. Uh, but then I mean the other two advantages they have is a three day advantage against my Packers and then uh, you know, a one day advantage in week eighteen against the Browns, which should help if the Browns have the thing wrapped up. But uh, you know, I think the bigger thing is that they don't have any disadvantage, honestly. Yeah, I,
0: I think that is huge for the Bengals here and giving them plenty of time to prepare for some of those big key opponents. Now diving deeper into the 2021 schedule by opponent what we uh kind of think as far as wins losses what they're going to do overall here uh wrapping up the entire schedule as a whole now as far as the AFC North goes I've kind of gone back and forth on this one I don't mm-hmm. I don't really know I don't really know where to fall, but there's 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 one thing that I do know is I believe that they get a split with the Browns. I believe they get that first matchup in Week 9. Uh, that game obviously is played in Cincinnati, and then I think they potentially lose the Week 18 matchup that's played in Cleveland. Now, as far as the Ravens go... It would take a miracle for them to not go 0-2, so I think that's where they lie there. And then I'm leaning towards a split with the Steelers. I believe that they can split with the Steelers. Uh, this defense does uh, provide and create some havoc for uh, the Bengals when they do play the Steelers. So I think that they can split there too. So at at the worst, I think they go 2-4 and four in uh, the AFC North. Where are you at, partner?
1: Yeah, I'm sort of right around there with you. I think they get a split with the Steelers. They took one without Joe Burrow from them last year when the Steelers were faltering at the end of the year last year. As far as the Ravens, I'm right there with you. The Ravens absolutely smoked them both times, one with Joe Burrow, one without. So I think we, maybe not a total thrashing both times, but I think we see a handy uh, Ravens wins there i don't know about the browns i am very high on the browns this year i'm gonna say two wins and it's mostly because i'm kind of banking on the browns having things wrapped up in week 18 there so i'm gonna okay. say two wins uh for that matter and uh you know one way or another maybe they get two against the steelers and uh, that'll help prove me right
0: yeah i'm actually high on the browns as well and that's tomorrow's team of the day funny sure. enough but um yeah <laughs> I don't know man it's i think at the most they get two i don't think they can squeak out three if by some miracle that they can sweep the steelers or the browns which is saying that just doesn't even make any type of sense so i I think they're right at two wins in the afc north now you always know now well it typically uh is eight games and then two other games but now we got eight games outside of the division and and then three games so Mm. There's eight main games uh outside of the vision that are played with the AFC West and NFC North this season. As far as the AFC West goes, I see them getting one, potentially two wins here, definitely over the Raiders. I think that's going to be a uh, shootout type of game and the Raiders are going to kind of crumble there at the end. The Broncos potentially, but with it being played in Detroit, I don't know in or Denver. It, yeah, in yeah. Denver, <laughs> I don't Detroit. I don't know um I don't know if that's going to be uh, in the cards for the Bengals there. So maybe one and four in the AFC West. And then I think one way or another, they go two and two in the NFC North. Uh, either they beat uh, or either they lose to the Packers and the Bears, or they lose to the Packers and the Vikings. One combination of those. Uh, I just do believe that they'll go two and two in the NFC North. So overall, three and five in the eight games outside for me. Where's your head at here, partner? With the eight games for
1: them, we are very close to a line on this one. I want to be optimistic and say they can get the Broncos and Raiders, but as you mentioned, uh, late in the season, the way that game is sandwiched in between some brutal opponents, I do not like that. game in denver for the Bengals, i do like uh i'll give them the raiders especially because they get the uh full bye week to prepare for them even though it is in vegas i like having that big advantage there so i'll give them one there and i'm right there with you on the nfc north uh you know we're perfectly aligned on that one i don't think they beat the packers i think they beat the lions and then they'll figure out either the bears or the vikings and that's week one and two right so yeah, yeah i think they'll come out of the gates and win one of those games I 100% agree with you on there. So yet again, Hey, we're, uh, we're kind of lining up and here. I, I'm leaning towards the Vikings. Actually, that one's in Cincinnati. I, that, I think that bears yeah. defense could have a feast on that Bengals offensive line in week two.
0: Yeah. So I, I would say most likely the lions and the Vikings as well. So right now I'm, uh, I'm looking at four wins as far as it goes for me or, uh, five wins five wins right now for me uh yep. two two in the division and then three outside and then they got the three remaining games for you guys jets jags and 49ers i think that they get the win over the jags i think i, I think keep. So too, i keep but... saying this but i just don't know what the jags are gonna right. be with urban meyer trevor lawrence uh hey roll birds uh we got plenty of birds on james that team. Robinson. james robinson james o'shaughnessy All right i mean I don't know. They could be damn good. They could be damn good, but we're not talking about the Jags today. Right now, in my mind, they get that win, and then I think they get the win over the Jets as well, and then they lose two to the 49 ers So, in my mind, that puts me at 7 wins, partner.
1: I... Uh... I'm, I'm with you on the two wins there, the Jets and the Jags. Not any, I'm not giving them any chance against the Niners at home. Uh, I think the Niners is a real bad matchup for them. But, uh, yeah, I'm kind of with you there. I could also see them losing to the Jets and Jags. I'm not going to say that. I'm going to give them both of those wins, but it wouldn't shock me whatsoever. I, yeah. I'm actually leaning towards maybe they find a way to lose at least one of those two. Oh man! I don't know. I just don't know, man. And the Jets are on this in the same vein as the Jags. I really like Robert Sala. That uh, roster still has a long way to go. I saw some. Maybe this is just me seeing a couple of. Uh, I must follow some Jets fans coincidentally, and they're posting a shitload of Zach Wilson. Uh, camp videos that looked really good so maybe i'm just drinking that kool-aid right now and recency bias but i don't know man you know i uh, i'm leaning towards less than seven wins but the way we're mapping it out i'm also right there kind of with you with seven right about right at seven so we'll talk about the season win total
0: and a couple things in there and and actually a couple key points that i have uh as far as where the season win total is actually at right now Very, uh, very, very crucial as to where it was last year and has been going over the course of the past couple years and where it is now. So make sure you stick around for the season win total once we get in the betting preview. But wrapping up the schedule... Uh, this year's schedule compared to last year much much harder so the Bengals are going to have to step up they're going to have to be ready to rock and roll I mean they got the AFC South last year when they were down they were able to beat the Titans for crying out right. loud and they were able to get the NFC least when we've already talked about it they were on the lowest season that they've ever had in two decades for crying out loud so
1: and they actually they only went 0-3 and one against the NFC East anyways
0: yeah exactly so Oof. and then they got the Dolphins and Chargers outside of that I mean not the hardest schedule in the world they obviously were able to win some games without Joe Burrow but i mean not uh, not a great season for the Bengals overall across the board so Much harder schedule this season. They're going to have to fix a lot of those problems we talked about offensively and defensively. Those things are going to need to happen, or uh, Zach Taylor might be hitting the bricks. Lou Anarumo might be hitting the bricks. Who knows what in the world is going on uh, that way in in Cincinnati? But I'll tell you one thing. If it doesn't start going good, it is uh, not going to be good for those aforementioned coaches. They might as well get on out. But that does it for the entire schedule breakdown, ladies and gentlemen. Now, um, you know the TTL crew. Talking the line. We talk lines around these parts. We're sports bettling. Betting. <laughs> sports, sports peddlers. We're sports betting analyst by trade. Now, that all being said, we gotta talk about some potential value. Sure do. Some potential Lines to target some potential far out season long shots for the Bengals. So let's get into the third segment of today with the Cincinnati Bengals season betting preview. Mm -hmm. All right. Keep it rocking and rolling here, partner. I will kick things off. First things first with uh, some 2020 key stats that you all should know about. You should know about as well. Um, Very interesting to uh, see where the average lines are at this season. Now in 2020, the average line for the Bengals was at six and a half. They were six and a half point dogs. It's dropped down into 2021 down to 3.7, down to 3.7 dogs. Now, why I mention that is because they were 6-point dogs on average in 2019 and 3.2 dogs on average in 2018. Now, we all know what happened in 2019, but 2018 was a little bit better. They went 6-9-1. and one. Last two seasons, they've only won six games. So, a little bit better across the board uh, when this the uh, line was set at this number so maybe something to potentially look at here maybe something to think about as we also segue into the season win total so keep that thought there and i'll continue on this season they're favored in two games and they are underdogs in 15 games so uh not a whole lot of respect from the books the only time there were nine and six ats they were one and oh as a favorite actually and eight and six ats as an underdog They did really well against the number at home, 5-2 ATS, 1-0 as a favorite, 4-2 ATS as a dog. The road, however, was a bit of a toss-up for them. 4-4 ATS, 0-0 as a favorite, never favored on the road, but 4-4 ATS obviously as an underdog. So not a whole lot you can draw there other than the fact that the Bengals were very solid against the number at home. And I think that they continue to do that this season, especially with some of the matchups that they do have at home that we'll talk about here very shortly in the full weekly betting preview breakdown. But as far as the game totals, in uh, 2020, they averaged 45.7. It is a little bit higher in uh, 2021 here. We'll talk about that uh, in addition, kind of looking ahead. But uh, mainly a bunch of 47s, 48, and 46s. They do toss in uh, 49 and a 50 there. And then there's one super low one that's in the low 40s. So nothing you can really draw from there. It's uh, right around the same, but just a little bit higher. So maybe... Hey, maybe the books are already thinking that the Bengals are going to improve a little bit, but who knows here? We'll see. However, for 2020, over-under, they were 7, 8, and 1. They were 4 and 4 over-under at home, 3, 4, and 1 on the road, 1 and 0 as a favorite, and 6, 8, and 1 over-under as an underdog. Now, that covers some of the main bets that you can place, the bets that everybody typically places against the spread and the game total. However... You love a teaser. I love a teaser. We all love a teaser. Teasy, we scream teasy. for teasers. Hey, so for 6.7 point, point and 10 point teasers, respectively, as the last couple teams we've talked about must adds to your teasers, Bengals, be careful. Six and seven point teasers, they hold or held in 2020 and 11 and five record. And then in 10 point teasers, 12 and four. So a little bit better in 10-point teasers, but not necessarily that team that you need to add as that last critical leg to potentially push you over to some plus odds, and uh, you got to bank on that leg. Maybe not the one that you want to be banking on. So that does it for 2020 Trends ATS over under. A little bit of teaser action there for you as well because uh, we're all degenerates at the end of the day and love a good teaser. I uh, play one just about every week. Not just about, I do play one every week in the NFL season. That all being said, let's move into 2021, my friends. You guys are here for a reason. You want to hear about what's going on in 2021. Well, they got the buy in week 10, so nothing to worry about there. I already told you uh, where the locations are, who they're playing. So uh, just quickly run through here uh, some of the weekly betting lines. Uh, I'll tell you if I see any value, anything I uh, might potentially target early. And uh, partner, if you could be so kind and do the same as I quickly run through the 17 games for the Bengals this season. Now they come in, uh, start the season week one, two, and three, all as underdogs, three point, three and a half point, and six point dogs against the Vikings, the Bears, and the Steelers. Come in then in week four as two and a half point favorites in Cincinnati against the Jaguars, then five, six, seven, and eight three point dogs against the Packers, one point favorites against the Lions, getting 10 points against the Ravens, and getting one point against the New York Jets. Very interesting there. I'll come back to that. Week 9, before they close out the buy, they're coming in as 4.5-point dogs against the Brownies. Weeks 11, 12, and 13, they're all underdogs as well against the Raiders, the Steelers, and the Chargers. Uh, Four and a half points, three points, and two and a half points, respectively. Then you got 14 and 15 against the 49ers and the Broncos. Three and a half point dogs against the 49ers, but five and a half point dogs against the Broncos. Interesting. So I'll come back to that as well. And then close out their season. Final three weeks. Week 16, 17, and 18. Six and a half point dogs to the Ravens. Seven and a half point dogs to the Chiefs. And six and a half point dogs to the Browns. After being four and a half point dogs in week nine against them. That's the entire outlook. Entire lines there. Now, told you I'd go back to that. Plus one against the Jets is very, very interesting to me. I'm not... uh, I'm not so sure that I'd put that game at a pick 'em. I would honestly give the Bengals three points there in, the, in that spot if I was making a line. I'm, I'm not necessarily too sure where they think that they're going to be at that point, but then that's when they come off of probably going to be getting an ass-whooping to the Ravens right? and then get to come home and play uh, an easy team in the Jets. But, hey, maybe – Maybe Bobby Sala has that defense ratcheted up and the Bengals don't know what's about to hit him in the mouth come uh, week 8 there.
1: I think that one's in uh at the Jets actually that one yeah yeah. yeah. It is an A. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I couldn't I couldn't see it regardless it's, it's though, like you know, No, logo. what you said uh what you said still stands. So back, stands, to, back, back to back away though. games. Back to back away game. That's actually Maybe three though. in a row. Detroit, uh Baltimore and the Jets, so You know, tough road stretch, but uh, as far as the teams they play, there's only one tough road game there. So, yeah, we'll obviously know a lot more about both of those teams come week eight. So, not sure what we'll see from them at that point yet. Either way, uh, very interested
0: to see that line. Also interested to see them getting three and a half points in or at home in Cincinnati, and then five and a half points uh, away in Denver. Maybe that little bump there is because of the home-away split, but...
1: Mile high, baby.
0: Goodness gracious. I I guess. I guess. I don't know. I I would not think I would put that definitely closer to three and a half. Yeah, so would I. I think that's going to be a shootout. I don't think five, I think five and a half is way too much, and I think you scoop that up all day long. I don't, I'm not going to be writing home about the Denver Broncos this year, I'll tell you that much. We'll see, I guess. I
1: guess we'll see. We shall see. I believe that's next week's team or maybe Monday or Tuesday's team. But, hey. Getting close. Right yeah, I court. don't know what to expect in the Broncos. That is a really interesting line splits, though, especially because, uh, you know, I, that whole stretch that they play there is just interesting to see how those lines change. And, it, you know, the Broncos being one of the biggest dog numbers there. The one thing as far as last year to this year that I'm trying to dissect, you mentioned, I believe it was six and a half point average dogs last year. Now it's down to 3.7. I'm wondering if that's uh, maybe it's a combination of the two uh, that Bengals improving or if that average number ended up being that high because of some of the giant lines that they were seeing at the end of the year after Borough came. Because if I remember correctly, they had some double digit lines to, you know, at least the Ravens, if not, you know the Steelers as well so that's kind of where I'm wondering if that's why that number six and a half was as high as it was but at the same time uh you know I'm interested to see where obviously the lines move as the season goes on but uh you know early season uh know, yeah, I'm interested in a couple of those lines earlier on in the season at least how about you yeah I definitely am as well uh you know
0: i <laughs> I think you just have to stay away at the end of the season. Some of them are going to be very tempting and I think they're going to be priced just right. But the more I keep looking at them, as you were talking about some of the things there, I just think you're going to have to be very tentative at the end of the season. Now, some of the early season games, I think that you can gung-ho. I actually might uh, take them minus two and a half against the Jags, minus one against Detroit. It'll just kind of take that that right spot for them, and and it's not not necessarily one of those teams that you can look ahead and say, oh yeah, they're going to be a wagon, they're going to kill it, they're absolutely going to murder it, because uh, I mean, ATS wise, nine and six, uh, not crazy, no. not anything special, but still still pretty doggone good against the number. But you had to have them at home overall, and they get a good handful of away games, so. Not too certain overall there, but as far as a couple of key game totals, there's nothing that really jumps off the page at me. Uh, Much like we talked about the Bears yesterday, it's going to have to be a very specific spot, and if you see us play one of those and you see that in our plays, you know that's that specific spot, and you should probably play that because nine times out of ten and a half that that doggone thing hits so. right
1: and you know just looking back at last year they had so many games where it was 30 point shootouts or you know a 27 three or a 20 to 9 19 to 7 type game so a little bit of a uh, pretty volatile as far as an over under team so like my partner's saying if you see us hammering one of those in and there's a good chance we like it uh, you know we like it this could be a drastic fucking win there. yeah
0: absolutely Absolutely. So there you go. Weekly betting lines all the way through. However, partner, I got to ask you, my friends, being the good degenerates that we are. Week one in Cincinnati, the Bengals play the Vikings. The Bengals are coming in, getting three points. Are you hammering in the Bengals, or are you taking the Vikes on the road, laying the three?
1: I'll be taking the Bengals, my friend. I have not looked at this line recently, but I have to imagine that they uh, might even increase. Uh, you know, this line here, given the perspective around the Bengals coming into the season, for whatever reason. I keep hearing some hype around the Vikings, mostly from Vikings fans, but that might even draw that line up a little bit. So, regardless, two and a half, three, three and a half, four. I'm gonna be taking that Bengals line there, man. I really am not that high on the Vikings this year, and I think that might be the right matchup for the Bengals coming out of the gates.
0: Yeah. And you know, I, uh, I like that as well. (laughs) I like the Bengals plus three. I think it really is. And, and as you were kind of breaking down everything there, I mean, I pretty much would say almost all of the same exact thing. And I think that the total might have a little bit of value in this game. Uh, 48 points right now it's set at. I might not be too afraid of the under. Sure. I really might not be too afraid of the under. I could see a little 21-17 finish here. And, you know, last time I checked, 38 points goes under 48. Sure does. So, I mean, I could see this game finishing right around there. And, man, (laughs) I think that might be the best bet of this game. But, again, I think the Bengals come out of the gates hot. I think this early season camp offensive struggles is just media hoopla and it's going to end up being all right for the Bengals. so i i as my partner would take the Bengals plus three and then also uh hey take a look at the under 48 there sure. as well
1: yeah still sitting at three just checked right there on uh, DraftKings. FanDuel has been down this morning but uh yeah still sitting at three
0: i think it's your fan duel man because mine mine worked. well maybe I it's put good Who knows. Yeah, either way <laughs> there we go there you have it. Way too early week one pick for the Bengals versus Vikings. Moving right along into some other stuff we can bet on and wager our hard-earned funds upon. The season win total. Now, uh, told you about it just a little while ago, but uh, the Bengals season win total is currently set at 6.5. The over 6.5 is plus 110, and the under is at minus 130. Now, um partner myself personally i said seven wins that would uh, put me in the over category that's six and a half so i would have to say that again not another one i'm not running to the window right. to hammer in <clears throat> but i think it could be really 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 fun to sweat yeah. out with just a little half a unit or something like that and I think I got to take the over at plus 110, get a little get a little bit of extra juice going, and they barely squeak it out and get seven wins, go over six and a half.
1: Yeah, I mean, you and I were both talking about this one might be more of just an entertainment play, and it could be entertaining on both sides of things. Because I, like you, we were talking, I kind of mapped out seven wins, but I'm a lot more reluctant seven wins than you are. Uh, so I'm going to be siding with the under here. I just think, uh, you know, some of these wins that we kind of gave them, Broncos, Raiders, uh, Lions, Jets, Jags, I got to imagine at least one of those teams outperforms our expectations here and snips these bangles down here. And I'm also not that high on Zach Taylor. I might talk about that in a second, but uh, I'm going to be siding with the under. I I don't see it, man. I, I just think the schedule is too damn hard. I like this roster, especially a lot of these offensive talents, but... This schedule is just too damn hard for me to go over six and a half. I
0: definitely agree with your opinion. I see all where you're at. Now, one thing that I would like to mention, if you would like to hammer either side in on this season win total and have some fun sweating it out. The season win total for the Bengals has consistently dropped over the last three years, down, 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 and the Bengals have consistently hit the under. Right. This is the first year in a while that they have ticked up the season win total from the year prior so it leaves me to believe that quite possibly maybe they get it but they get it by just one and the books are doing exactly this they edge out those seven wins i i think this is going to be a turnaround year for the Bengals. it has to be it has to be your zach taylor's hitting the yellow brick road it has to be so that's what i'm putting my money on it's a turnaround year and uh, i would say so now if you are a crazy uh, Bengals fan and uh, you think that they might have uh, any other value on some extra over, they get to eight wins. Holy cow. Right now, plus 210. And then uh, if you think they have a real stinker of a season, they go well under six and a half. They go under five and a half. You're getting that at plus 145 right now. So not terrible odds. Either way, you like to lean there. Um Nothing crazy as far as exact win total odds. The ones that I would uh, say kind of what we were mentioning, either right at six is at plus 450 or right at seven is plus 600. So if you, I I honestly might hammer in that uh, seven wins at plus 600. I okay. think that that'd be a fun, I mean, for crying out loud, 10 bucks on it, 60, 60, is shit, you even put 20 bucks on it. You got
1: $120 sweater hey $1. on oh, for maybe. the season.
0: I mean, hey, oh, that ain't bad at all. That so, ain't bad
1: at all. But uh, yeah, I'll stay away from that one because I'm mostly just a little bit more of a question mark as far as maybe one of these teams overperforms expectations, maybe a couple of these teams on their schedule underperforms. Sure. Chances are that is the case. And, you know, I, uh, you know, like I said, it's more of an entertainment play because I really like Joe Burrow. I really like these receivers and chances are I'm going to be watching a lot of them this year. So I'm still siding with the under not going to be going under five and a half I won't do that but I like under six and a half going stainless
0: again but uh yeah I do I think you could see it from either way either side of the ball I mean there I go with my puns again either way man it it could very easily go under one of these teams that Jets Jags were talking about could just like you said very well overperform,
1: and the Bengals could very well under under underperform yet again but man I, I just I think there's just so many variables. I mean, the offensive line could, you know, improve. It could stay terrible. Their defense could keep them in games and do enough to keep them, you know, in a spot where Joe Burrow can win them some games, or they'll be really bad. I don't know. Zach Taylor could be uh, figuring himself out. He could be amazing, or he could be terrible. I don't know, man. So, entertainment play at best. Lots of question marks. Mm -hmm. That all being said,
0: talking about entertainment play, We're good degenerates. We like to hammer in some side bets, some long shots, some stuff that might have some value. So wanted to mention a few things to you guys. The Bengals, to be the last winless team right now, plus 1,100, and that is only sixth worst Uh right now. So maybe potentially worth a look. Coach Taylor, Zach Taylor, to be the coach of the year, plus 4,000. You might want to run in the opposite direction of that one. And then uh, first coach to be fired, Zach Taylor, right now at only plus 1,200. So uh, very interesting to see what might happen to uh, Zach Taylor here if this Bengals offense stalls at all. Running the ball, passing the ball, especially passing the ball with Mm, Joe Burrow being back healthy, and now they have T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, and Tyler Boyd. If it sputters at all, It's all but a wrap for Zach Taylor. And I I don't know where they go from there. I don't know who they put in interim because they don't have an OC. Zach Taylor calls a place. So... I don't know, man. I don't know which direction it goes. I don't know what what you see, but that might be worth a bet. <laughs> Coming in, bringing it all full circle. First coach to be fired, plus twelve hundred.
1: I wrote it on the agenda, man, because I like. I, I'm not. Uh, it's more of an entertainment play. I'm not gonna say it's a lock by any means. But if I had to make a play, as far as who is going to be the first coach to be fired, Zach Taylor would be my pick. The Sign guy, me up. Yeah, the guy's ahead of him. Mike McCarthy. I don't think he's gonna be bad enough. The Cowboys could be good, even if they're bad. I don't think they're gonna be bad enough to where he gets fired. Vic Fangio in Denver, it would be worth a look. Matt Nagy, we talked about him yesterday. I think he's got enough scapegoats in his season to where he ain't gonna be the first one. Uh and then John Gruden and Mike Zimmer are the other two ahead of him. And I think I think John Gruden's gonna have the Raiders uh not bad enough to where he's getting fired. And Mike Zimmer might be a concern, especially the way that you and I are talking about the Vikings yeah. so far. Yeah. I like Mike Zimmer. I just, you know, there's a lot of other question marks there. But Not saying it's a lock by any means, but if I had to pick one, I'm picking Zach Taylor at plus 1200 to be the first one fired. Because, I mean, if they go one and three or even 0 and four out of the gates, he's out of town, man. Out of town. Yeah. Hit the bricks, pal. See you
0: later. Pack your bags. Keep it walking what I think so, too. But how about making missing the playoffs? Book's not very confident in the Bengals making the 2021 postseason for the NFL. No. Yes, at plus 500 and no at minus 750. So, hey, if you want to be the uh, the one to uh, bet $750 to win $100 at the Bengals to miss playoffs, go right ahead. But uh, no value on that bet there in my mind, my friend. No, I'm
1: right there with you. I mean, if you're that high in the Bengals, I suggest taking the over 7.5 at plus 210.
0: There you go. However couple of final uh, key betting things maybe you could hammer in that we wanted to mention. You guys can take a look at how about AFC North winner. The Bengals are going to get the job done this year, huh, right, partner? No, I don't, I no, don't think so, folks. Uh, we both said two and four. So that's probably not going to be good enough to get the job done, especially with how both of us are high on uh, Cleveland, as seems to be a lot of other people. Uh, We should see some improvement for the Ravens, as we've already talked about them. So uh, I I don't think that this is going to be anything close to the uh, AFC North champions here for the Bengals. So pretty damn close to my predictions. They are fourth in the uh, AFC North odds right now, 25-1. to I'm not uh, touching that with a 10-foot. 10-foot pole, my friend.
1: No, uh, definitely not on any of these. If they get to 7-8 wins, it'll be probably, uh, you know, that's probably where their goals lie here. If they can beat out the Steelers one way or another, they'll probably be pretty happy with themselves. But this roster is just nowhere near complete enough to compete with Baltimore or Cleveland as far as the full season goes. No doubt about it. Last but certainly
0: not least, not like it even matters because if they ain't getting out of that division, they ain't getting to the playoffs right. in general. So AFC winner, sixty-five to one right now, fourteenth best team and Super Bowl fifty-six this year. They uh, are plus fifteen thousand. Yeah,
1: one hundred fifty to one. I
0: was yeah, one hundred fifty to one. Yeah, I was trying to do that in the old old noggin there. Uh, Texans and Lions being the uh, only two teams worse than yep. that. So yeah, definitely not worth a bet at all there. But hey, that does it. The full betting preview for the Cincinnati Bengals some spots you can take them in some spots that maybe you should uh, make sure we hammer some stuff in but a place that I've been waiting to talk about because I think has the most value across the board if you're just looking at the Cincinnati Bengals sure. whether you're a fan or whether you're a fantasy football player or whether you're a NFL better I think this area has the most value across the board and I just said it actually so Let's dish out our best fantasy advice, partner, in the section or segment that we have dubbed Start, Stash, or Pass. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it's time to get things rocking and rolling. First things first, partner, I'm going to kick it off over to you. Most important position on the field, maybe not necessarily the most important position in fantasy football overall, but we got Joey B coming back. We also have Brandon Allen backing him up. Now, my friend, is there any value in targeting Joey B in your draft? Are you targeting him early? Are you targeting him late? If by chance you get him in your lineup, are you starting him, stashing him, or passing on him? And does his second string replacement, Brandon Allen, have any value as
1: a stashable handcuff? Hit me with it. Uh, I'll start with the last one because that's a little easier for me. Brandon Allen, no. If he does find himself taking over roles, uh, if unfortunately Joe Burrow goes down again, no, not liking uh, Brandon Allen this year. Joe Burrow, I do like Joe Burrow for many different reasons. The one thing that concerns me, uh, and I think he improves on this, no question about it, when he was in the lineup and playing, he had an average of 17.4 fantasy points, which ranked 19th among quarterbacks. That's not what you want to see. But like I said, I do think he improves. It's just a matter of does he improve into, you know, kind of just that 15, 14 range, or does he go all the way into that top 10? So having said that, I will start him. I would like him. I don't know where I see him going in drafts. I feel like people are probably going to overdraft him a little bit uh, because, you know, given the production he had last year and, you know, everything that comes with his offensive line, I'm still a little concerned that he might not be a top 10 fantasy quarterback. But for what it's worth, I will start him if I get my hands on him in the later rounds.
0: I think that he
1: will be underdrafted honestly i you think, think so. he might fall to some of the later
0: rounds just because of all the question marks that okay. you just mentioned i think that every nfl fan kind of knows that at this point about the Bengals. and while a lot of people are high on joey b i don't know there's just so many question marks but then again he could be way overdrafted just because of his wide receiver yeah. weapons now i'm not too certain we'll talk about them here in a minute but if I get my hands on him in a uh, in a draft, I would definitely start him. I would definitely try and target somebody else who's of equal or greater value for sure as a stash play in case anything happens in there. Brandon Allen has no handcuff ability for me at all unless he's on the waiver and somehow starts doing something good. But outside of that, I uh, I would definitely say I, I'd start, start or at the bare minimum stash Joe yep. Burrow for the time being.
1: As far as dynasty goes, you know, you and I are about to get into that for the first time here. It has to be one of the top five quarterbacks with value as far as the dynasty, you know, aspect goes of it, I would say. Quite potentially, the Bengals can still continue to suck for quite some eh, time. So I like Joe I, Burrow that much. Yeah, though.
0: I mean, yeah, but liking somebody doesn't mean that the Bengals are going to be good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying I like him to be that good, even if the Bengals stink eventually. Here, yeah, I I hope that he can uh, be the Superman okay. to uh, to this Kryptonite that is the Cincinnati Bengals franchise. <laughs> I hope that he can do that. But nonetheless, running back room, mm-hmm. uh, I would personally target and bank on a return for joe mixon yeah i really really would i i like joe mixon a lot now i've never been able to get my hands on him because i think he is overdrafted a he l- is. little yeah. bit too much just just a little bit i'm not saying it's like goodness gracious you shouldn't take him early no. but just before a few other guys so i can never seem to really get my hands on him but Man, uh, Joe Mixon's definitely worth an add. He is obviously that three-down back, that workhorse back for the Bengals' offense. And who knows? Maybe maybe potentially even Sam J. P. Pirine worth a nice little red flag uh, for yeah. the time being. So I would definitely start um, making make uh, Joe Mixon my RB one some some JP Ryan I would pass on for the time being I would give him that red flag with uh, potential of him breaking out in uh, a third down roll from time to time for the Bengals but outside of that it, it's too muddy for me there's too many different guys coming in too many new guys too many rookie guys coming in that I uh I don't really care to speculate on so partner as far as this running back room what uh what are you feeling
1: yeah for the most part uh, we are pretty close to a line on this one very very aligned on P Brian I'm gonna be passing on in, on him but red flagging him as far as mixing goes. Like we said, I think he does get overdrafted just a little bit much, so I'm not sure if he'll be available. Maybe uh, given his injuries last year, maybe that stigma gets away from him, but he did have 16.6 points uh, per game uh, fantasy-wise over the six games that he did play, so I really like that. My biggest concern with Joe is kind of what I uh, alluded to earlier on in the show. When he does have down weeks, it's not because he was bad. It's because the Bengals were really, really bad and get blown out, and they don't have a choice but to pass their way or attempt to pass their way back into games, and that's when you see him putting up those single-digit numbers. So that's really the biggest concern with him, and I think we see... I think we see less of that this year than we have the last couple of years. So for that reason, I think we could see him having uh, right around top 10 rank as far as fantasy running back this year. So I'll be starting him.
0: Yeah, I was going to close that with with uh, definitely saying at the, at the worst top 15 RB season sure. here for Joe Mixon. So I think he stays healthy the full season. You don't really have to worry about that too much at all. But the most valuable positional grouping that I believe is on the Bengals this season is that wide receiver room. I think all three of these guys regardless of where you get them, are worthy of a starting spot. Definitely all wide receiver two, definitely all flex, and then I would most likely only target Chase as wide receiver one, just for the time being. So I would definitely start all of them, but that's where I'd kind of rank them. Now don't worry about these guys not getting fed. I said it at the top of the show. I think these guys get plenty of targets, plenty of receptions, plenty of yards, plenty of touchdowns, all in their own right. Now, Jamar Chase might be a little bit higher, but I still think it's going to be plenty fine with how much these guys uh, should produce this season. So I will gladly... Gladly start each and every one of them, partner. You got any uh, any thoughts outside of that on this uh, wide receiver room?
1: Not too much. I mean, you're slightly higher than Tyler Boyd uh, on Tyler Boyd than I am. Not to say that I don't like him. You're just it sounds like a tiny bit higher than I am. Um, I think he's the number three uh, as far as ranked out of these three guys go i really like t higgins jamar hayes i jamar yeah. chase i think t higgins is going to have a really solid year uh, higgins was number 28 receiver last year boyd number 29 uh so i could see boyd kind of sticking in that range but i see a big big jump for t higgins and i think there's a lot of value for jamar chase espn actually has jamar chase as the projected highest scorer out of these three guys i don't know if we're going to see that necessarily or not but I'm real, real high on T. Higgins, if I'm being totally honest with you.
0: Yeah, I, I think he's going to have a great season as well. I, I, the only thing that I would tell you is don't target them all. Just target, yeah. target <laughs> yeah. one of them. Don't <laughs> don't uh, don't try and get them all. I mean, they they will all eat. They will do plenty for you at the bare minimum in a flex spot. But don't have mm-hmm. more than one of them on your team. Yeah. There's there's no reason to waste two spots for that. So, there you have it. The wide receiver room, uh, tight end CJ Uzoma, only uh, real kind of key piece that I would say has any type of uh, fantasy value worth a stash at this point in time i thought that he was going to kind of break out last year and i had him on my uh my my bench for quite some time and he just never never really did it so i had to give up the spot and pick up somebody else you know i i think he's definitely worth a stash i think joe burrow could find some solid connection with him like we said they gotta improve in the red zone and i think that uh uzoma is a key part to that so could be um, maybe potentially a top 20 tight end this season if he does play to his potential. You got any value on him, partner, or are you uh, stashing as well?
1: Yeah, I'll be stashing CJ Uzoma. Uh, Drew Sam- uh, Uzoma ended up getting hurt after the first couple of weeks. He was alright the first couple of weeks. Um, and then in 2018 and 2019, he actually was top 20 in tight end snaps per game uh, in the entire NFL. So if we see that again, I could see him being uh, you know someone valuable on your team uh, as far as depth-wise is concerned. Drew Sample, I'm passing on he ended up taking a lot of the role last year and was not very good. Tight end number 30. So I'm hard pass on him. But as far as Uzoma, I'll, uh, another one of these guys, the last few, four or five teams that I've had a tight end where I'm definitely stashing, putting a red flag on, might be interested in a backup uh, tight end role for me.
0: Love the way you said that. Mm-hmm. Um, outside of that, I was just trying to quickly see, yeah, if there was anybody, I mean, maybe Thaddeus Moss. Outside of that, nothing really yeah. tight end wise that you guys really need all to worry about too much. But hey, kickers are people too, and I said <laughs> we got to start talking about them. So they did bring in, uh, via the draft, Evan McPherson. Now, um, he will be battling it out uh, with, I'm not sure, right off the uh, right off the top of the dome, but I'm sure I can tell you here in just ESPN's a brief second. ESPN's depth chart says Austin Siebert. Austin Siebert, Uh, that does sound right. Either way, going to be a little competition down there. But uh, you don't waste a freaking draft pick. Uh, Yeah, it is Mm -hmm. Austin Siebert. So you don't waste a draft pick on a kicker if you don't think that he's going to start year one, week one, and right off the bat. He's got to be a dog. So I sure hope that's what happens for uh, Mr. Evan McPherson. Uh, I'm not too certain. But if the Bengals thought that with all the other glaring holes on defense... That they needed to draft a kicker. Sure. Mind you, not draft a kicker last. They actually drafted a kicker in the fifth round and before three other players in selections Uh who were skill positions. Mm -hmm. Um... Man, he might be worth a look. He might be worth a red little red flag there on the old watch list.
1: Yeah, I'm right there with you, man. And I think this, uh, this offense could be a big field goal offense. Might uh, not have all of their red zone capabilities ironed out quite yet. I think there's a lot of high-powered offense uh, talent, as we've already talked about. So I think they could be in position for Mr. McPherson to have a lot of fantasy points you know, and a lot of field goals there. You
0: know, maybe get you... Uh, Two thirty or 40 yarders exactly. during the course of the game maybe 150 yarder you're looking at double digit points every week that's why i mentioned joey sly last week because that is also a f- or yesterday or this week a couple days, days ago i think yeah whatever nonetheless that team's a uh field goal offense too so sure. they give him plenty of opportunities to put that through the uprights and uh
1: maybe this guy's got the yips who knows nfl yips once he gets here who's this mcpherson Kind of like we saw... Why we, are you already putting that on? <laughs> Why are you already doing that? Man, I was thinking rookies, about maybe, maybe... Some of these rookies targeted. come in and they are... Like, what? The fuck, what? Uh, fucking Aguayo or fuck Florida State was the greatest kid. college kicker of all time. And then he comes and he's terrible. Oh, I don't and know, of, man. And of course, this guy just
0: so <laughs> happens to be
1: from Florida. You just uh, done
0: cursed oh, Evan sorry. McPherson. I'm, that was unnecessary. I'm sorry, that was unnecessary. Evan. Doggone it, yeah, man. That was unnecessary. I hope Evan McPherson doesn't turn into the next Cody I'm going to draft him. Because of you. I'm drafting him. Because of you. If that happens... We're we're taking it to the table, my ah, friend. Shucks. Gosh darn it, man. <laughs> shucks. All right. <laughs> Apologies, Bengals Nation, if that
1: does happen. You heard it here first. I do- making a note of <laughs> <laughs> making a note of this. The first time I- he misses the field goal, <laughs> you're gonna be fucking screaming at me. You're gonna draft his ass and then he's gonna be terrible. Or you know, I'm gonna draft him now and he's gonna be the man. Who knows? Who knows? Either way, that's the thoughts on the kicker.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and wrapping it up fantasy wise. For the defense, um, too many question marks in my mind to uh, be worth a roster spot or at least a a draft look right now in my mind. Potentially potentially a stash? No, no stash. Mm -mm. No stash right now. Leave him on the waiver wire. If this linebacking core can answer some questions and if the secondary produces in the way that I think it is able to, then maybe potentially maybe one of those plug and play defenses you can toss a red flag on and see who they're playing this week oh shit my defense is on a bye week who do i got bam plug and play maybe one of those teams but Definitely not worth a look in the draft and definitely not worth a roster spot with uh, plenty of other valuable defenses Mm -hmm. and plenty of other valuable skill players that you can take before the Bengals defense special teams.
1: Yeah, I'm right there with you. Number 28 defense last year. And even some of these games that are winnable, it's not because I I think their defense is going to have a field day or anything like that. So I don't even think it's a matchup-based defense. I think we see them right around the 25th ranked defense as far as fantasy is concerned. Optimistically, they did have one of the worst turnover luck last year. So maybe that flips a little bit and you get uh you know some more turnovers, maybe a pick six here and there. But overall, I if you're if you're really loving this Bengals defense, I I I pray for you as far as your fantasy season goes. Absolutely. <laughs> could
0: not uh could not agree. I mean, more maybe they man. proved
1: me wrong, but now
0: That's uh if that's what you're banking on. I uh yeah. I hate to be the guy to tell you you probably shouldn't be banking on the Bengals no. defense. But Ladies and gentlemen, that is our best fantasy advice for the Cincinnati Bengals. And that officially does it for those Cincinnati Bengals. We covered everything. We covered the offensive lineups, the defensive lineups, 2020 and 2021 outlook for both sides of that ball. We looked at the coaching staff on the hot seat, maybe on the way out of town before the entire season is even wrapped up. We talked about the schedule. Pretty easy. Not super easy, but moderate on the front end. And then on the back half, it is nothing but mouth smacking for the Bengals. We do apologize, Bengals fans. Then that segued us right into the entire betting preview. We told you some things we might be targeting. We told you our way too early week one selections. We gave you some trends from 2020, maybe some areas to target the Bengals. And then all of our opinions on the season win total and maybe some additional juicy plays that you can sweat out the entire season long. And then obviously just wrapped up start stash or pass all of our best fantasy advice you missed any of that hey just hit the rewind button go back this bad boy's staying here the entire nfl season and beyond so you need some additional knowledge you need some recap you need something maybe uh to help you with a bet from week to week here we are we're gonna stay right here live and in prime time frozen in time forever you may never see us again Mm -hmm. that all being said ladies and gentlemen that does it for the cincinnati Bengals. Thank you, partner, for uh, all your assistance, key stats you dropped in there as well. Uh, We just ripped through the uh, 7th edition, NFL Special Edition there, my friend. And uh, as I kind of take some looks here, a couple of key things I wanted to uh, mention. Um, But first, I'm going to kick it on over to you as always. Is anything burning on the brain, melting on the heart, festering on the soul that you have been dying to get out to the kind folks that joined us on episode 96 of the TTL pod on this beautiful
1: August 5th, 2021. So I've got uh, some interesting nuggets here. Quarterback wide receiver, excuse me, quarterback wide receiver duo played in college, played in pro together. Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase. Playing pro, Joe yeah, Burrow. Yeah, Jamar Chase, oh, yeah. Not uh, sort of rare, not out of the question rare. Obviously, we saw a couple other duos kind of have that coming in. But I looked up in the history of the NFL, who, what duo of that same sort has the most touchdowns in NFL history together in the NFL. 26 is the number to beat right now as far as a career, a quarterback, wide receiver duo that also played together in college. Doesn't seem too steep to uh, to suggest that Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase could break that in uh, three years, let alone their entire careers. Number 26 most is Tobin oh. Rote and Billy Houghton. Back in the 1950s with my Packers. Thark- Thought you were going to give me a guess. You, would not, you, right into you but, but, would not have guessed that. You absolutely would not have guessed that. But no, I was going to say
0: something, though, is that maybe, but it, it totally wouldn't have made any sense. I was going to say Randy Moss and Chris Carter, but they didn't
1: go to college together. So, But it's quarterback-wide receiver duo. was not wide receiver-wide receiver duo. So that really wouldn't have worked. <laughs> no. Carry on. Ignore me. Any uh, <laughs> There's a couple other you might guess that are on this list, though. I didn't do the full list, but uh, 26 is the most, and there really isn't anyone that close. So, uh, But obviously, Tua and Jalen Waddle, Jalen Hurts, Devontae Smith. So we could be seeing a three horse race here the next decade but 26 is the most was the 50s for tobin wrote and billy houghton my packers some dark times for my pack but have that record to hold their hats on couple guys with 16 but a couple that you might have actually been able to guess here with 14 and 11 on this list within the last uh decade and a half or so who's your guess here for those combos
0: without uh looking at your screen any longer i didn't see anything on there um so who have you said so far?
1: Uh, to- Tobin wrote Billy Houghton. That's all that, I said. So that was it? Uh, Yeah, and then I said the other two duos that also just got drafted that are going to be competing for this record here the okay. next few years. And then any of the other duos that have been. How many other duos have there been? Uh, They didn't give me a full list. There was a couple with 16 that dropped off, and then I wrote down the other two notable that have happened here in the last decade and a half. Stanford is one college. So, okay, then that, so that's
0: that's Andrew Luck, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so then who?
1: Tight end. B- He's been out of the league for a minute or hasn't been Man, a factor. Who is that? Kobe Fleener. Fleener, ah. Fleener. Um, okay. And then you should actually, you might need a hint on this one. Uh, guess this one, it's well within your realm of Chicago Bears action here that last decade and a half or so. Vanderbilt.
0: I don't think so, but Jay Cutler, Brandon Marshall?
1: Not Brandon Marshall.
0: Jay Cutler, Alshon Jeffrey? Earl Bennett. Earl Bennett. Ah. Uh-huh. Okay. They had 11. So, okay. Earl Bennett, Vandy guy. Really? I didn't know that. Give me three, four
1: years oh, and we might have a... Uh, yeah, new record for this combo is concerned uh, as as this goes. I was surprised to see <clears throat> I'm losing my voice over here. I'm surprised to see that 26 was as high as it gets and it was all the way back in the 50s when the passing game was not uh, not too prominent. That was a ridiculous number for those standards are concerned and as I mentioned, those were some dark dark days for my pack, but uh It's always darkest before the dawn, 1960s, proved to be solid. So, hey. And it has been pretty solid ever since. But
0: uh, not as solid as you would have liked it to be. But I will stay off that soapbox and poke the bear at all, all right? I'll uh, leave that be. But, as always, appreciate you for your your NFL sidebar, as always here. Uh, Save you some breath. Let you recover over there, mm. uh, while I tell our TTL faithful a couple of key things here. Um, a quick, couple of quick reminders. Uh, we will be getting back into the daily betting show soon. Obviously, when uh, college football restarts, NFL restarts, uh, we'll obviously be dishing out daily picks. We'll. Uh, we also told you we might kind of be. Edging some of the shows more into fantasy, just kind of some fantasy advice and stuff. We're not trying to be a fantasy football podcast by any means. We'll still give you betting advice and stuff on those days, but also, I mean, we'll be researching players ourselves, so might as well give you our thoughts and advice edition. Why the hell not? So that'll be coming around the corner soon. As far as these NFL special editions go, some of them uh especially coming up here soon are gonna be ones that we can kind of jam in together. They're not gonna have a whole bunch of fantasy value. They're not gonna have a whole bunch of betting value the teams are going to kind of be the same. There weren't a whole bunch of moves made, so they're going to take a little bit shorter of time. So we might be able to jam a few in together. So this might not end up being all 32 episodes it and right. be all 32 teams, but we might kind of jam those in together. That way we might be able to kind of switch up the format real quick again, before we get back to the daily show might be able to do some special stuff there on that end. Now, I told you at the top of the show that you should be sure to hit that notification bell. If you hadn't hit the subscribe button, the notification bell yet, a little disappointed in you, but I hope you do it now. However, might be some new TTL content coming out here very shortly, as in next week shortly. Now, I don't claim to be a video editor. Uh Uh-huh. I don't claim to be a producer. Uh I don't claim to know shit about shit when Mm. it comes to that world, you (laughs) and you. But what I will tell you is that I've done learned me a thing or two in that space, and I do believe I might be able to throw together a vlog. Ooh. Hmm, interesting. And it just does suppose that the TTL crew is hitting the great city of Milwaukee, Wisconsin this oh, upcoming baby. weekend. Fireworks. And we may or may not be doing a few things here or there that are going to be absolutely electrifying, and we may or may not want to share those things with you. So may or may not be coming around the bend, a nice vlog your direction. Deer District? Deer District, right, potentially. Because <laughs> I'm sure it's probably still hopping. We might even run in to the king Mr. Antetokounmpo? Oh, uh-huh, maybe. Who f- knows?
1: Smash fifty nuggets with them. That would be
0: electric. Who knows? Who knows what happened? Hey, we're speaking in hypotheticals here. Who knows what happens? Who I might f- have
1: to smash fifty nuggets either might way. too. I might, might, have, might to. have to stop by Chick Fil A. <laughs> I, I <laughs> do believe there is a Chick Fil A
0: <laughs> right on the exit to the freeway on the way up it's to Milwaukee. Probably the one that so he might stopped
1: at. Quite possibly it could be. be. So we
0: might have to do that. Uh, keep that in the back of the head for uh, tomorrow's oh, the trip. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, so that all being said, that might be coming, and kind of. <laughs> Where I'm thinking with that, if if like, and I also preface that with, hey, I am not an, a video editor. I don't right. do this shit. This is all gonna be kind of touch and go. So if I can finish it by midweek, mm-hmm. potentially, we'll let that bad boy out on episode number one hundred. Episode number one hundred. Now, mind you, episode number one hundred will be on seven, eight, nine Wednesday. <laughs> Just wanted to make sure I said the right one. That will Jeez, that will be the Detroit Lions. I did know that much. Unless
1: we switch it around a little bit, maybe. Unless,
0: unless we jam anything in there, maybe we do something. Who knows? Who knows what'll happen. However, that will be a special edition of all special editions, mm-hmm. if you will. It's the hundredth edition. Uh we're gonna do something crazy. Uh, might have to pertain with uh stuffing ourselves to the brim as we try to provide insights and analysis at the same time. See how that goes. Uh, maybe some additional things in regards to that area as well. Some some additional ways for us to celebrate while also giving you guys a great, fun, enjoyable mm-hmm. show. So we might have some stuff coming there. Uh, also might have a little bit of a giveaway action think we will have a little bit of a giveaway action uh got kind of an idea cooked up in my head uh i have these agendas saved and this is all right here just me talking me talking to you guys uh whatever who am i um i got a stack of these bad boys since we've been started this thing okay and maybe we uh we put out a little poll or a little something on the website people can go and give their guesses i'll show the stack live on the show on episode number one hundred, and maybe uh, we you give some guesses closest to the number without going over. Maybe a little money line dice action. Okay. Maybe a little rogue energy action. Okay. Maybe uh, maybe we'll discuss some other stuff. I don't know. Maybe we'll toss a nice little bundle together. Okay. Best uh, get down with that. Best guess or a little sum action like that. So we'll do. We'll uh, potentially do a little giveaway there as well. Once we work out all the details, kinks. Uh, we'll be sure to uh, let you guys know how you can all do that. So kind of uh getting you guys excited for episode 100 uh with all of everything I just laid out to you there uh kind of kind of all of that is going to encompass around number 100 and once we get through 100 who knows uh we got other additional content in the works right now as I uh rip through the website on a daily basis and edit videos and uh keep the social medias up and run all over the place uh mr magnuson works in the background on the additional content all the visual shit that you guys see from day to day he is my right hand man through and through so we uh it's just us two man Everything you see, everything that uh, is produced from talking the line, sports media is just me and this goofball over here. We don't, uh, <laughs> we, we don't have anybody on the opposite side of that camera or behind this curtain here, so. All your support, all your following, everything in between is more than we can thank you for. So, uh quick one more quick reminder, just mention the website, make sure you check that out if you haven't yet, talkingtheline.com. Super easy, bookmark that bad boy, get all the daily best bets from us, get live lines and odds, you can bet right from our website, get our blogs daily videos, daily podcasts, all types of stuff you can get on there. We got countdown timers so you can know when the next seasons are coming up. We got all types of stuff on there. And then also check out the link tree so you can uh, get all of our social content, uh, social platforms, social content, all that good stuff if you haven't already. But that all being said, Uh, kind of everything I wanted to mention to you you guys there keep that in the back of the mind but as always uh, we'll release any announcements or anything we do officially on the show but officially, officially on our social medias Uh, we always make sure to do that for you guys as well so I mentioned it you guys give us all of your support and following and take your hard earned time and spend it with me and this guy for about an hour, hour and a half every single day so quickly wrapping up the show I got to pay it forward to you guys as always. So wrapping up episode 96 of the DTL pod with my motivation minutes and had somewhat of a a quote for you here today. And as always, just give you a a little bit of perspective behind it and kind of give you that usual rabbit hole for you to kind of go down, apply this in your own life and uh, watch it work wonders. So The quote, if you will, it's kind of a a hodgepodge of a bunch of different sentences from some readings that I I read recently. But um, it it all came out to as don't rush a a leisurely pace accomplishes more than hurried striving. One more time, as always, don't rush a leisurely pace accomplishes more than hurried striving. And, you know, that uh, that really hit me. Uh, in 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 another way that uh, that I obviously had to bring it into my motivation minutes to talk to you guys about it, and you know if you've been listening to my motivation minutes, you know me as a guy who doesn't let the grass grow under my feet. This guy knows me as being a perfectionist, and everything has to be t's crossed, i's dotted, no ifs, ands, or buts about it. We can't we can't put out anything that isn't perfect, and I'm having to find that balance and learn about that. And another thing that I struggle with, and I don't know if you guys do too, but wanting everything done yesterday, I I want it here and now. I, I I let's go, let's get it done, let's get it here, and unfortunately, with life, you don't really have any control over that. You don't have the ability to drop it into third gear, and kick it into first gear whenever you want. Obviously, you have the ability to do that mentally and how hard you work, the effort that you put in day to day to reach your goals, your dreams, your passions, but you don't really have any ability to speed up this thing we call life. So whoever needs to hear it, don't rush. Stop rushing starting today. And I'll raise my hand and say, I need to do it too because it's so easy for me to get wrapped up and want everything and oh I know we can do this so let's start implementing this and and before we know it we have little bits and pieces of everything when we could have done one thing really really well instead of putting 15 carts in front of the horse there was no reason to do that at all so it's something I'm learning and something that, that really hit me and I don't know who needed to hear it today but just remember that you can slow down this life takes a little bit of patience this life takes a little bit of all right, I got to be still here. I got to let things unfold and I got to let my life just kind of work itself out right now. And and that's that's kind of one of the hardest parts about being a human being is that you're always working, you're always going, you're always striving for more at least if if you vibrate on the high level frequency of life. And sometimes life tells you you got to wait. You got to hold on. You are not ready. You are not at the point you need to be to take that next step. You need to cool on out and those are some of the hardest parts in life, but it's some of the parts where you learn the most about yourself and it's actually 100% of the time you are right around the corner. When those thoughts start to come rapidly and heavily that I need to get this done, I am out of patience, What do? why am I still in this spot? Why have I not got that next level of my life? You are right there. You are right there. Those moments are when you are the closest. So savor these moments now. That you don't have all that additional responsibility. All those additional needs that have to be fulfilled because you reach that next level of your life. Enjoy these moments right now. And remember, don't rush. A leisurely pace accomplishes much more than hurried striving. And that does it for my motivation minutes of the day.
1: Always good stuff, my man. <clears throat> I'll try and get uh, my two cents. Somehow I'm losing my voice over here. The one thing that I always love that you always say is be quick, but don't hurry. Uh, that's one of my favorite things that you uh, say at any point, whether it's motivations or not. Uh, because obviously, you know, you want to be as centered and driven as you possibly can, but you don't want to, you know, you don't want to have scrambled brain and trying to figure that things out and have to figure everything out when you have that, you know, scrambled brain as, as I like to call it. So I like what you say here, my man, uh, take your time, patience, all of it all wraps into one.
0: Absolutely. And one key thing that will really help you is finding that center, slowing your mind down, actively slowing your mind down. And if you're struggling with that, I know I've talked a lot in the past of meditation and Ways to control your brain. And you're not your brain. You are you. You are this feeling here. Not up here. If you're struggling with that. And you can't implement all these things. You don't have the time. Slow down today. Slow down. For 30 seconds. I promise you. 30 seconds. And the only thing I want you to think about. Is your mind. As a pool of water. No ripples. No current. Nothing impacting the smoothness, the balance, the overall zen of that pool. Focus for 30 seconds on your mind as a pool. Not as crashing waves and flying all over the place, the raging storm that we can always, all, find our brains in. Not for me, for you. Picture your brain as a still, balanced, centered pool today. And then every day. And then start seeing some great things happen in your life. So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Appreciate the additional uh, thought provokers there, partner. As always, that officially does it for my motivation minutes of the day let's go on and get this episode wrapped up you're here now uh outside of everything have uh, told you guys about already nothing else important nothing else major nothing else uh, coming down the pipeline we will be sure to keep you guys updated don't worry more content on the way outside of the pod uh we have just been working our butts off with uh this season preview and then stuff outside in the background like i always tell you as soon as we get done with the show we hit that stop streaming button and it is go time until about uh, four or five o'clock. And then you know, honestly it's on till eight, nine, 10, 11 o'clock. We never stop doing this stuff and we absolutely love it. And uh, we're going to keep doing that. Keep bringing the best content that we possibly can. So, That does it. Officially, episode 96 of the Talking the Line podcast on this beautiful August 5th, 2021. Now you really don't have to check your calendars. You know what day it is. You know what episode it was. The only thing left to do. Ladies and gentlemen, degenerates, gamblers, Cincinnati Bengals fans, fans of the NFL Shield, everybody in between that I might have missed, far and wide from myself and mags we hope you have a spectacular rest of your thursday unless you have other plans and make sure you stay on the lookout for the release of tomorrow's show episode 97 of the ttl pod the eighth nfl special edition the cleveland brownies special edition make sure you stay on the lookout for that and come on back around the bend for that show but for now as I always say, it's time to put that cherry on top of the proverbial Sunday that is the Talk in the Line podcast, the only way that we know how. Hey partner, and all of you out there, let's cash some tickets.